Hey friends, super excited to come back at you this week with a new episode in Leader in She. Today we are talking about a term that I honestly had not actually heard of before. Apparently it's been around for a little bit and impacts most of us in leadership and that is called imposter syndrome. So I want to talk a little bit about that, how it impacts us all at some point in time in some way and what we can do about it to be better leaders. So thanks for listening and be sure to share this. If you know somebody that loves to be inspired, connected, and empowered, we'd love for you to share this. Rate and review it. Love your feedback, any insight or things you want us to dive into in leadership and looking forward to sharing, growing, and learning with you. Remember, if nobody has told you yet today, know this and believe this, you are appreciated, you are loved, and you matter. Here we go. This week's episode, Leader and She, Imposter Syndrome. Hey friends, coming at you. Really excited to dive into this topic. It's something that I think I am just beginning to scratch the surface on and to figure out exactly what it is, how it impacts us all as leaders, and most importantly, what we can do about it to be better leaders and to continue to inspire and empower and grow the leaders around us because that essentially is what leaders do, right? So I came across this concept in my research, doing some leadership research called imposter syndrome. And I was intrigued by it. And it actually wasn't what I totally thought it was. I actually thought it was when somebody fakes and pretends and they're fully aware that they're faking and pretending and um, trying to kind of snowball the people around them. My interpretation now is not, that's not exactly what it is, but it is something that we need to talk about and to be able to name and recognize in our own personal reflection. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about this from the lens of ourselves and how we can reflect and grow and be better as leaders ourselves and to personally take some ownership of this. And I ran across this quote from Michelle Obama and she said this, she said, I still have a little imposter syndrome. It doesn't go away. That feeling that you shouldn't take me that seriously. What do I know? I share that with you because we all have doubts in our abilities about our power and about what that power is. And I thought, oh my goodness, this totally captures this. How many times leaders have you questioned your abilities or you've made a decision or you've done something and then you have gone home and overanalyzed it to death. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes we need to analyze and think, what can we do better? Actually, most of the time we need to do that. But when it becomes this feeling of anxiety and doubt and questioning what we do as leaders, or we just are beating ourselves up with this negative self-talk or feeling like a fraud or a phony or just really just doubting our abilities to lead, that's when it becomes a problem and when it impacts us as leaders. And interestingly enough, this is not new. I had not had not heard of this and it's actually something that was identified all the way back in 1978. There was actually two clinical psychologists, um, Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes were the people who first were able to talk about this and really they just named it as when a person that doesn't feel confident or confident and no matter how amazing they are, no matter what great leaders they are, they still have a ton of self-doubt and there aren't they aren't able to 
just experience that joy or celebrate the successes that they always have because they're just always waiting for the shoe to drop, like for something bad to happen. And they just feel inadequate and like a fake. And it's interesting because when it first came out in 1978, these psychologists originally found it in women. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? And um, that women tended to have this experience more so than um, their counterparts, their male counterparts, but it's actually true that both women and men suffer from this. So yes, it was initially identified and discovered in women. Probably, I have not really dove into a ton of research on this about who it impacts more. If I had to guess, I would say it's ladies, it's us for, for lots of reasons. And again, another that's probably another another episode, but it can impact both men and women. And in fact, researchers really believe that it really impacts up to 70% of people at some point in another. So this imposter syndrome thing is very common and it's something that may be more strong or prevalent in others, or it may be one of those things that comes and goes depending on where we are. So what exactly, what exactly is imposter syndrome? We've talked a little bit about it and really I found this great graphic, um, on this uh, website called Better Up, and it talks about these different areas, and they defined it as the expert, the natural genius, the perfectionist, superman or superwoman, and then the soloist. And how they described it as the expert is, you just expect yourself to know everything, no matter what. And when you don't know everything, you feel ashamed and embarrassed and like a failure, essentially. The other one, the natural genius, you tell yourself that everything just must be like, easy peasy, right? Like everything just comes to you naturally and easy and there's not really any challenges. And it's just, you are natural born at whatever it is, whatever topic or concept that you're leaning in. We know that that's not always true. Some people have more natural tendencies than others, but we all have room to grow and areas to learn. The other area, this is probably one of my struggles that I'm owning right now. uh, That's the perfectionist where you actually set just ridiculously high standards for yourself. And then, which is high standards are great, right? We always want to have high standards, shoot for the moon, you land up among the stars. I totally believe that to be true and always pushing to be better. But here's the, here's the hard part. When you just beat yourself up, when you don't reach those standards, ugh, like that is speaking to my heart. How many others out there. Yep. You're probably going, yeah, nodding your head like, oh my gosh, that's true. Or maybe you know somebody who experiences that, but where you just have these really high standards, which is awesome. But then when you don't get those standards or goals, you're you're your own worst critic. And that negative self-talk can be, can be impactful. The other one, the other part of imposter syndrome is just the soloist, like really just thinking that you have to take it all on and you don't want to accept help from anybody because for lots of other reasons, but also you won't take the credit. So when things go well, it's hard for you to take compliments or to accept feedback in a positive way. You're all on your own, but you still have this like nagging voice in your head that doubts that you can do it, but you also aren't confident enough or trusting enough that you can let other people help you and share that feedback with you. So definitely, again, that's another one of my areas that I tend to struggle with. And I think that went all the way back to when my kiddos were babies. Um, They're, you know, 19, 18 and 16 now. And I think of when they were in diapers and nursing them and growing up as a young mom and, and an educator. And I felt like I was the one that had to get up in the middle of the night with them, right? Like my husband would get up, but it really didn't do any good because I was right there behind him 
like watching over his shoulder about how he changed the diaper and how he did this and, you know, how he did it differently than I did. And somehow in my mind, I felt like I needed to just be in charge of that or that was a reflection of the type of mother that I was. And while unfortunately it was not meant to be a way to make my husband feel poorly for what he did, it probably did, right? Like I probably sent a message I did not want to send and it was not that he wasn't capable or that I didn't appreciate his help, but the guilt and the, you know, imposter syndrome that I wasn't a good enough mom if I wasn't up every single time. And God forbid I slept during one of those nighttime feedings. So shout out to the moms who are sharing that joy of parenting and the responsibilities that come along with that. Kudos to you because that was something I was I was not very good at. And that carried over for many years and many areas in our family life and our marriage life. So definitely working on that. The, the final one of that this Better Up talks about is feeling like you need to be Superman or Superwoman. Just that you need to be a rock star at every single area of your life at all times. So whether it is your personal life, your professional life, your recreational life, just feeling like you need to be amazing and excel at every single thing. And I don't know about you, but that is an exhausting and frustrating place to live. And ladies, I think that we often struggle with this one the most because we feel like we have to be all things to all people. And as a woman, as a woman in leadership, I know I certainly feel it, particularly in a field um, that I often am blessed to serve in where there's not as many women. We're working on that, ladies, right? And gentlemen, it's a definitely a collaborative effort, but there are many times, whether it's my own perception or the pressure I put on myself or the pressure that I feel we as women feel like we need to do, particularly if we have an opportunity to lead in other areas and other arenas. And we just feel like we have to do it all and be amazing at all of it. And there doesn't seem to be as much grace and empathy and forgiveness if or when we mess up. The eyes are oftentimes more critical and just more opinionated. And we can lead in a way that models grace and empathy for each other, particularly women. I'm going to call you guys out, empowering and encourage all leaders, but ladies, I'm asking you to do this specifically for the other ladies in your leadership realm, whether that's other moms that you are blessed to walk alongside of in this beautiful journey of parenthood, or if you are honored to be able to lead an organization or a team or a school or your home, whatever that is. But if we can empower one another and model these things that we don't have to be amazing at everything all the time, that's incredible. I think one of the things that I have very openly shared, if you follow me on social at all, and we kind of joke about this, is one of the areas that I just am not good at is um, laundry. (laughs) Like I just, I can't stand it, first of all. And I'm always behind and it's never, it's just never caught up. So probably nine times out of 10, if you walk into my house, into my front door, you're going to see a pile of laundry, either just outside of my laundry, it's like a little closet thing, or you're going to see laundry on the couch and it's clean oftentimes, but not folded. And it's just, it's kind of a hot mess. And I used to beat myself up about that and to feel bad, especially if people came over like, oh my gosh, are they judging me? Um, But I know it's okay, right? Picking the things we don't have to be amazing at everything. And for me, letting go of that laundry piece is 
incredibly freeing. Does it annoy me to come home to say laundry? Yes. But the stress of trying to keep up on all the things is hard. And I know that seems like just such a small, simple example. And you're probably like, okay, Jen, that's great that you're like airing your dirty laundry, so to speak, literally. But what does that have to do with leadership at all? And I'm just telling you that if you can find some areas in your life that you are okay with not being a thousand percent perfect and having it put together all the time, you are leading in a way that is authentic and vulnerable and allows others to have the same grace and kindness to others into themselves. So that to me is leadership, right? Like we're not modeling perfection. We're modeling real, real world. And that's how we inspire others. So how do we, how do we deal with this? How do we particularly as women cope and deal and thrive and to work through this thing that we call imposter syndrome? Well, the first thing that we need to know, we need to do is just to be aware, right? Like we just need to be aware when you start to hear that negative self-talk in your head and we all have it if if you don't have it you're the rare exception or you're just not being honest (laughs) so we all have moments and sometimes those moments are stronger than others for me I know it definitely that negative self-talk is much louder when I'm also experiencing my moments of higher anxiety so I've shared openly that I also work through having anxiety. And as a leader, I know I need to name that piece and honor that I, that I have anxiety and that is okay. That doesn't make me less of a leader, less of a mom or less of a human being. In fact, if you listen to another podcast I have called the anxious badass, we'll talk about that and letting go of that guilt on how you can still be successful. But I also know that when my anxiety is high, the negative self-talk increases. And that is one of the ways that I just don't feel enough. I just question myself and I question myself and I I don't feel like enough. And what you look for, you will see, right? And so when you get in that headspace, you will start to see areas and you'll trick your brain into believing ways that you aren't enough. And it's this very vicious and dangerous downward spiral. So you have to be careful what you say because you are listening. You are listening to that negative self-talk in your head. And you know, if you, if you bought a red car, if you bought a red convertible, you know how all of a sudden when you buy a car, then all of a sudden you see a bunch of other red convertibles. It's the same thing with the negative self-talk. So what you say is what you hear. That's what you'll look for. And it'll just keep going. So know that you're feeling that and be aware of it and be willing to name that. Um, also letting go of that perfectionism, like letting go with not being perfect and giving yourself permission to fail, permission to mess up, permission to own that, permission to let something go, permission to say, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give, you know, a hundred percent of who I am. And maybe today I only have 70% of me that can show up, but of that 70%, I'm going to give you a hundred percent of my 70%. And that is probably different than what most of us have been conditioned to believe. I know growing up, particularly as an athlete, I was like, I'm going to be 110% all the time, right? Like all the time showing up fully authentically. I believe all of that, but that doesn't mean killing ourselves and that it has to be perfect. So it's totally okay to let go of that perfectionism, focus what you want to focus on and prioritize and be okay with not being perfect. Easier said than done. I know, but just being aware of that. The other thing that we can do is just talk to a trusted mentor or colleague 
hopefully you have a leader in your life that you can be open and honest with and you can share these things without fear of you know being in trouble or anything like that but I just would encourage you to find a mentor. Sometimes that can be a dear friend. Sometimes that can be somebody in the same team, company, business, home as you, but other times it needs to be somebody else. So I want to give a shout out to um, Brian Dotson. He actually is our state of Michigan principal of the year. Woo woo! Way to go, Brian. But Brian is somebody who is somebody who reached out to me my very first few weeks actually as a elementary school principal and he is not in the same district or the same building but having him to be able to talk to about stuff because sometimes you just need somebody in a similar space than you but not in the exact same space so there are times when I just need to reach out to Brian to talk about leadership things in a way that I can't necessarily talk to other leaders in my same organization now on the flip side, there are also times when my elementary principal team that I am so blessed and honored to work with, there's five of us and I do not know what I would do without them. So I just want to give a public shout out to Sean, Chris, Brent, and Megan. Like they are my rock and I could not do what I do without them. There's also times when I need to reach out to them and I need to be honest and open in where they can say, ah, oh, Schultz, you better get it together. Or they can also let me cry or swear or vent or whatever, and then help me to collaborate and figure out a plan moving forward. And that makes all of the difference in the world. And it leads into the other thing that we can do when you're dealing with this imposter syndrome is just knowing you're not alone. You are not alone. There's people out there that care about you, that love you, that want to support you, but also you're not the only one that experiences it. So one of the things our brain tricks us into believing, especially when we're in moments of anxiety and stress and believing like our self self-worth isn't enough or that we're not doing a great job is we think it's only us. We look at everybody else and we're like, oh, if only I was like so-and-so. I bet you if so-and-so doesn't have these issues, we all do. We all experience moments of doubt. We all experience moments of wondering and, and questioning our worthiness and second guessing our decisions and our actions. That is normal. It is normal to feel that way. So you are not alone when you experience these feelings and emotions. And it goes to this. The next tip is to just be kind to yourself. Take care of yourself. When you're having these negative self-talks, talk to yourself like you would your best friend. If your best friend came to you and he or she was saying all of these negative things that you are saying in your head, what would you say to encourage your best friend? And then do that to yourself. Be your own best friend. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. Give yourself permission to let something go off the plate and to, and to let go of that. That is okay. And then another idea is just to say yes. Be open to say yes to new opportunities and be okay that you don't need to know it all. So one of the ways we grow is to surround ourselves with people who are just have additional opportunities to bring to the table and to say yes to that. Be open to new learning, to new discovery, to new adventures. That's going to help us to just be okay with not knowing it all and to be learning and feeling that feeling. Understand the difference between being humble and being afraid. I'm going to say that again. Understand the difference between being humble and being afraid. So all great leaders, in my opinion, have humility. They all are confident, but humble. They all believe that they are contributing and empowering other people, but they are not cocky or arrogant or boastful or braggy. 
They have humility. They are often the leaders who are the first ones to give positive feedback the others to others, and they are the first ones to accept the criticism. So as a leader, I do think there is a piece that is important that when things go right, you give credit to your team, and when things don't go right, you own that, right? But that is different than just beating yourself up constantly. Also by being afraid. We know that we don't want to just live in fear and not move forward because we're scared of what others will think or what if we mess up or what if we fail or what if we make mistakes. You guys, leadership is all about feeling forward, feeling forward and learning from our mistakes and our opportunities and our growth. That's what this is all about. So be humble yet not afraid. And then keep track of your successes. Celebrate the small wins. Have a journal where every day you can come home and you can think about all of the things that went well. Because I know oftentimes when I come home after a particularly long day at school, I can think about my husband will say, how was your day? And it's very easy for me to talk about all of the hard stuff, all of the hard things that happened that I felt like I messed up in so many ways. And guys, I fail a lot. (laughs) I fail a ton and I mess up on the daily, but there's also a lot of things that go well. And so take some time to celebrate the small wins. Those things make a difference. And I would encourage you to keep a journal where you're talking about that. So on days when that negative self-talk is really, really loud, pull out that journal and look at the successes. Look at how far you've come as a leader. It's, it is not the destination. It's the journey. And we know that. And the journey will be bumpy and have hills and valleys and peaks and all of those things. But keeping track of those successes, big and small, is going to help you to realize your true leadership potential and to continue to move forward. And then the other thing, and just dealing with this crazy imposter syndrome that we have of feeling like we're not worthy enough or questioning what we do and just, you know, wondering if we're in the right place and um, lacking confidence is to just embrace that feeling. I know that sounds kind of weird. Um, I think it's the Marines. I hopefully I don't get this wrong, but they talk about embracing the suck, right? Like we all have roles and times and seasons in our lives that just suck. And as leaders, there's going to be moments that are awesome and amazing. And then there's going to be moments that are so hard and you're going to want to quit and they just suck. So just, but embrace that, embrace that and think, okay, I've got this, like, this is part of my journey. This is going to make me stronger. Give yourself permission to stop and to pause, to breathe, be kind to yourself, surround yourself with good people, right? Recognize what you are saying to yourself and in your head, know you're not alone. All of those things we just talked about, but just it's okay to feel all the feelings. For a long time, I thought that I always had to be positive and uplifting and that I could never name the heart or talk about the heart or God forbid, fall apart, especially as a leader, like, especially as a leader with anxiety. <laughs> like, I never thought that I could cry or to like be frustrated or share any of those things, especially when leading. And that you guys, that's just not true. Like there's research after research. And if you follow, I always talk about Brene Brown. There's a ton of research that supports being vulnerable and authentic with your people is not a sign of weakness. I was just, I'm in a couple of principal Facebook groups. And one of the questions was, do you cry in front of your staff? And it's mind blowing to me, the amount of people that still think it's, think it's not okay to cry. And some of you listening are probably like, whoa, whoa, Schultz, I agree with almost everything you're saying, but I am with them. I don't think you should cry in front of your people. And I'm going to disagree with you respectfully because we are human. And I think it's Glennon Doyle Mountain said, we cry for the same reasons we laugh with our people because we're paying attention. 
because we work with people. Leaders work with people and feelings and emotions and they try to inspire them and tap into their potential. And we can't do that if we're not getting at the heart of our people. And so sometimes that means being vulnerable and maybe that means shedding a few tears and showing your passion and you're embracing the hard with them. That is okay. As leaders, I think it's important for us to do that and to be true and authentic to ourselves. Now, I want to share Maya Angelou, one of my favorite um, authors and poets. She is just an amazing author, very, very, very successful. And she, she says this, she goes, I've written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find out. And it's interesting that here, this amazing author still questions herself. I bet you anyone that we talk about would say that she's super successful and that she has every reason in the world to be confident, right? But even, even Maya Angelou, even Michelle Obama question, question their worthiness and, and if what they're doing is the right thing. J.K. Rowling, author of all the Harry Potter books, she says this, some failure in life is inevitable. It is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all. In which case... You failed by default. Oh my gosh, I love that. So friends, in your everyday leadership roles, as you step out, I want to encourage you, fail. Fail big, fail openly, let go of perfectionism, let go of that negative self-talk. You are in this leadership role for a reason. You are in there because you deserve to be, because you are inspiring and empowering others, because people around you have seen the leadership qualities that you possess and you are impacting your people in a positive, great way, which is sending that ripple effect into the world. Like that is why you are there and owning that and knowing that and being humble enough to say, yeah, I, I mess up. There's a lot of things I don't know, but I'm smart enough to surround my people who know more than I do. And I'm smart enough to develop a, an amazing team. And I'm smart enough to listen to mentors and lean into colleagues who have been there who can help me to grow. And I'm smart enough to reflect and to own what I don't know and what I need to be better at, but also to celebrate and shout to the world what I'm really good at and how I can help other people in other areas. And friends, if you can do that, even when that imposter syndrome comes up in your leadership roles and you're questioning your worth and you're doubting and just having those moments, we all have them. You're not alone, but you got this. You got this. So I hope this was helpful to you. I think I'm going to dive into this a little bit more. Um, it's an interesting topic to me. Again, just scratching the surface and starting to learn about that myself. And you know, one of the things I love to do in this podcast is just to share where I am in my journey and what I am learning and making mistakes on and failing forward with and to share that with you because I think if we can learn together, the world becomes a better place. But fully knowing that, there's a lot, of, a lot of opportunities for growth. I have a lot of a lot of growth to do. So if you have any other topics or concepts or questions around this in leadership or anything else, I would encourage you to reach out to me, jenschultz.liveinspired at gmail.com. As always, I'm so grateful that you're able to listen. Please share this with a friend if you think somebody would enjoy this um, or if you would like to be a guest on this, on this show. We love to invite guests. And remember this, the most important message I always, always leave with my people. I want them to know this from the bottom of their hearts and my heart. You are appreciated. You are loved and you matter. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.